Well, hello and welcome to Healing Quest. I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. Our focus here on Healing Quest is holistic wellness and the natural options we all have to live longer, healthier, and happier lives. That's right. We like that. Mm-hmm. We want to live longer and healthier and happier. Well, happy Labor Day. Hope you're having a great weekend, especially because tomorrow is a holiday. So we all get to have more fun for one more day, one more hot day. Exactly. Hot just, enough for you out there? Just keeping cool. Yeah. Well, we hope that fun includes time with family and friends. You know, last week we talked about the big benefits of family meals and unplugging from social media to get the most out of that time together. But we, we don't want to ignore the friends side of that equation and how important they can be to the longer, healthier life we talked about at the beginning of our show. Well, in fact, this week we read across an interesting observation on that point from psychology professor Joseph Allen at the University of Virginia. Now, he has just finished a study on friendships, close friendships, and here's what he had to say. As technology makes it increasingly easy to build a social network of superficial friends, focusing time and attention on cultivating close connections with a few individuals should be a priority. Now, you know, this isn't news. Other studies have frequently shown that a strong social network leads to a longer lifespan. But it's a great reminder about quality over quantity. Mm, I like that. Well, Professor Allen says we need to be careful about mistaking what he called a social network of superficial friends with a deep and long-term relationship. You know, I would just like to say here that, you know, he's calling all social media friendships a superficial, and I don't think that's true. I think that... I think he was just saying many. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, yeah. I, I I think he's talking about the people that are just friends on right. on social media. They aren't people that you already know. In thinking about his advice, we got interested in how big a circle of close friends should be or how big it could be from a practical standpoint. Well, it turns out that some serious research has been done on this topic at no less than Oxford University in England. Hmm. Yeah, it's, I think they probably did a pretty good job. The research was done by Robin Dunbar, who is a professor of evolutionary psychology. What an interesting field, evolutionary psychology. I suppose we can infer from that that the folks at Oxford anyhow are concluding that we are evolving psychologically. So good news there, although from time to time I have to say I'm not sure, but I'm just going to go with them that we are evolving psychologically. After all, it is Oxford. Yes, indeed. Well, at any rate, Professor Dunbar says five is the number of friends most of us can maintain a close friendship with. And he defines that as having meaningful contact every week with those individuals to maintain the close friendship. Now, what's interesting, because this is, we're talking about meaningful, significant contact with each of your five close friends, in addition to everything else you do every week, all the work, all the family commitments, and all the other stuff. So that's no small amount of investment in that relationship. Next, Professor Dunbar says 12 to 15 is the number of friends who aren't in the close friend circle. But you wouldn't want them to know that, huh? So the close friends are five. So to like the next circle is that is 12 to 15. How much can we have in all? In all, on the wider scale, Professor Dunbar says the average person can only have a maximum of 150 friends, including all the folks we just talked about, plus casual friends who you don't see very much, but you might, you know, still invite them to a party yeah. or a wedding or a big event. Exactly. But he says the most important ones are the close friendships. Quality beats quantity, and if you can maintain and nurture those close friendships, the payoff, according to Professor Dunbar and many other researchers, is a long, healthier, happier life. I like that. This is not necessarily news, but it's a really good reminder. And hopefully right now you're out there, you know, having fun with some of your close friends because this is a great opportunity to do so when we have a long Labor Day weekend. That's right. So good news. Close friendships can help us live longer, happier, and healthier. Guess what else can do that? Dancing. (laughs) 
A new study has found that dancing is much more powerful than regular exercise when it comes to keeping the brain healthy and even reversing signs of aging in the brain. The study's from the Center for Neurodegenerative Diseases in Magdeburg, Germany. That's a place you've probably never heard of. That's in what used to be East Germany. And actually, I spent a little time looking it up. It's a big university town. It's It's a major city. It's just not one of those places that we've heard much about. But anyhow, they have a world-class center for neurodegenerative diseases, and what they found out about dancing is really interesting. Part of what they found isn't news because we've known for some time that exercise in general has a very beneficial anti-aging effect. But this study is based on comparing the benefits of regular exercise and dancing to see which is better for our brain. Yeah, what they did was the researchers worked once a week for 18 months with two groups of senior volunteers, and then they measured the changes in their brains. One group did fitness exercises like walking or cycling every week. The other group learned routines in different kinds of dance, things like jazz, tango, square dance, and line dance. Well, the study found that both groups had a positive anti-aging effect in the part of the brain that controls memory, learning, and balance. But the dance group had by far the biggest benefit. You know, Mm, I I know. It's not a surprise. But this is by no means the first time we've encountered the unique power of dance. A couple of years ago, this is one of our most memorable shoots when we were doing the TV show. We were doing a brain health series for the show, and we came across a study from Canada's McGill University. Now, they used tango for 12 weeks with 40 patients who had Parkinson's disease, and they found significant improvement in both functional mobility and brain benefits. Well, we were shooting in New York City where our, you know, Michelle Bernhardt, who's on the show with Mm -hmm. us, and she's been on the television show with us for a few years, and she lives in New York, and she takes tango lessons. And since we were doing this story on the brain, we thought it would be good to get some video of tango dancing or dancing with Michelle and and hopefully a couple of other dancers. But this was one of those times when it was just so divinely guided. Um, Michelle had called the owner of the tango studio and asked if we could come by the next day with our crew to get some video. And the owner said, yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do. So not only did excellent tango dancers stop by on very short notice, but all of them were really articulate about why tango has such great healing power. Yes, it was great. I mean, I was like, it was like everybody got this divine call. A memo. uh, The memo to show up for this. And the people that showed up were amazing. For example, here's what Dante Policetti, one of those tango dancers, actually he was one of the teachers, had to say. As Karina said, sometimes in our modern world, we can go a long time without actually having to interact and and really listen to someone. Um, And partner dancing is all about listening to the other person. And, And I think there's something very elemental in that, uh, that, that draws people to it. Another one of the dancers was Michael Krauss, and he told us about how he was touched by what he saw at a tango festival he'd attended. One of the gentlemen uh, in the group that I was, was in, uh, I was watching him and he was, he was shaking. He had uh, tremors. Uh, and I found out later that is because he had Parkinson's. Um, but I watched him uh, take the embrace, and he was very... Uh, deliberate and gentle and as he got into the embrace uh, his his tremors stopped and so when he was dancing he was much more in control of his his body. Here's how studio owner Karina Moeller explains the healing power of tango. I could tell you hundreds of stories um, people coming here who have health issues and they find it very very healing to have the touch and listening to music and being able to use their body and have sort of a freedom within that. 
what a very nice woman to open her studio to us and help us. But she was very, very emphatic about how tango has such healing power. So when we got back here, we spent a little time with Professor Peter Janata at the UC Center for Mind and Brain over in Davis. And we talked to him about this. And he said, you know, not just listening to music, but actively participating in the music when you're doing tango. He says, tango is an elaborate art form that could be the pinnacle of synchronizing with another person. And that's what makes it so powerful. Well, you know, I only had a, a little bit of time on the dance floor. She uh, looked great out there, by the way. <laughs> with Dante. And it made me giggle. I, I mean, the idea of just, uh, I don't know what it was, but it was just so exhilarating. I felt so i felt so good afterwards. And I was barely out there. So I've been bugging Roy for ever since we got back. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure how we would do that. take some tango lessons. Well, you know what? There's uh, tango on the river. I know. And we just need to sign up and do that. <laughs> All right. Well, up next in our show, we'll uh, we'll be back to the Big Apple to connect with Michelle Bernhardt and her September astrological forecast. And don't forget, a podcast of this and other Healing Quest shows is available at kfbk.com, on the iHeartRadio app, and at Healing Quest TV. I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst, and you're listening to Healing Quest on KFBK and iHeartRadio. I feel like dancing. <laughs> 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 